Jesse, welcome to Heads Down, Two Thumbs Up. So excited to have you on our B-side talking about The Karate Kid. Incredibly happy to be here. I have a lot to say about The Karate Kid. I have a lot to say about everything, but in particular, (laughs) The Karate Kid. Absolutely. So before we jump into too much, who are you? Sure. So my name is Jesse Lubinsky. I mean, does anyone actually ever know who they really are? But um, no, no. I I meant existentially. Who are you? Who I present as to the public is I'm the chief learning officer for Ready Learner One. I've been in education for nearly 20 years. Um, And I recently published two books, one on augmented and virtual reality and education and the other one on esports and education. Fantastic. By the way, Ready Learner One is like top three like ed tech names right up there with Techlandia. Remember that podcast? I do. I do. I appreciate that. Love those names. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, and I should also mention I am one of the three co-hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast. Yes. Fantastic. I'll only give you partial credit for that answer. Thank you. (laughs) You see what I did with that? That I do. That was great. That was great. Yeah. Um, So the Karate Kid, I was on the Instagram, as my mom sometimes calls it. She doesn't have a good name. She calls it the YouTubes, (laughs) the Twitters. She says the Instagram. Um, and there's a picture of you with William Zabka, with Ralph Macchio, and Martin Cove. That, that, yes. Right? This right. is amazing. Like, right after we finished recording our episode um, about the movie, and I was like, this is amazing. And your response was, I've got a great story. <laughs> so you and I were talking about this before. So every year, um, oh man, not the last couple of years, obviously, because of COVID, but uh, New York Comic Con is obviously pales in comparison to San Diego Comic Con, but one of the cool things about New York Comic Con is they actually have educator days where they will give four day passes to educators at a discounted price to be able to go and you know um, walk around and uh, go to some of the educational sessions. But also, my favorite thing at Comic Con has always been the photo ops to take pictures with some of the you know famous people we love in movies and stuff like that. And sometimes I've actually caught people impromptu on the floor. Like one time, I know I'm taking us on a little bird walk here, but uh, yeah, one time someone it. was giving away tickets to a movie premiere, like just saying, "Hey, is it you interested in going to a movie tonight?" And me and my friend were like, "Sure." Gave us tickets. We show up at the theater. It's the screening for the original John Wick movie, and right after they finished the movie, Keanu comes in with Alfie Allen and. Um, a couple of other people. And so we got pictures with them and stuff like that. So there's no, you never know what's going to happen at Comic-Con. But one year I saw posted right before Comic-Con that they were going to have Ralph Baccio, Billy Zabka and uh, Martin Cove there. And you could do the photos either individually or all together. And I was like, okay, clearly I have to do all of them together. But really the only one I, I wanted was Billy Zabka. That, for, this is pre Cobra Kai. This is like 2014. But all I cared about was getting a picture of Billy Zabka, who one of the all-time great runs in the 1980s of of teen villainy between Karate Kid, Back to School, just one of the guys. I mean, just could not think of the more quintessential kind of bad guy, 80s hair, the whole thing. Love Johnny. So I go to take the picture with them. And when you take these pictures, you have like, 10 seconds. It, it looks like in the photo, like you guys are hanging out all day, but really it's like you walk yeah, up, yeah. snap the picture, whatever. And the way they had the setup was they wanted you to stand in between Ralph Macchio and Martin Cove. And I was wearing my shirt that said strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And I was kind of wedging my way in. And I kind of walked right over to Billy and I was like, I'm going to, I want to yeah. take a picture. I want to stay next to Billy. And I like kind of put my arm around him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in the picture, you could see like Ralph Macchio refused to adjust himself for the photo. So yeah, he's like back to you. <laughs> he's back. Yeah, 
so he like left his back turned to me because I, I just kind of wedged myself in between him and him, him and Billy. And you can see me and Billy have like the biggest smiles on our face and Ralph Macchio just looks all confused and his back is to me in, in the whole thing. But uh, yeah, man, that was, uh, that was how do you I'm, not just turn your body as a human? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know if Mr. Miyagi actually went over that as part of the what you do in oh, normal circumstances. So that was not one of the lessons, right? It, we it was never all, did it twist the wrist. Yeah. Right. It was all about using yeah. the hands. It was wax on, mm-hmm. wax off. Mm-hmm. It was paint the fence. Yeah. But there was never a kind of this lateral movement of turning your whole body. So I think that yeah. that's where he got in a little trouble. Oh, God, that's so obvious now. Yeah, right. And yeah. And, and I think it's even showing in Cobra Kai, you know, his students aren't really practicing that as well either. No, so no. it's, and you know, no spoilers, but uh, you know, some of his students have gotten themselves into some trouble. And I'm wondering if that lateral body movement would have actually uh, made a difference there. Yeah. I wonder what that would have been. Like, I, I feel like maybe pull like an audio cable or something or like, <laughs> like, like, lawnmower, like start nautical, a lawnmower, yeah, or, something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like a yeah. rowing kind of motion. Yes. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, wh- whenever you do these things at Comic-Con, you know you're going to have like five seconds at most to like make your mark or, or, or have a conversation of some type. So you always have to think about that ahead of time. Like one year, and this is before they had redone the X-Files, but I did one that was with David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. And all I really like, <laughs> I mean, they're both awesome, but I just, I love David Duchovny. Like I've loved him forever and, every, you know, Californication, everything. And so I got up there and I immediately started talking about the Knicks. <laughs> and because he's a huge Nick fan from New York and we were having this whole like, you know, mini conversation that I walked away. And after I went to go pick up my photo, the guy who was behind me came up to me. He's like, oh, man, you missed it right after you left. Julian Edgerton was like, did he not even realize I was there? Because I, I just totally blew her off. I was like, yeah, let's take the picture. Yeah. But I really just want to focus on David Duchovny because I, I love David Duchovny. So how does that work? I've never been to Comic-Con to any Comic-Con to like, let me take a picture with you in a stage thing. Like, do you sign up or do you like do you? Tickets. Oh yeah, they sell like tickets online booth. months ahead of time. Okay. Depending on who it is, it'll sell out. So um, you buy it, you wait on a long line, and they literally just like kind of feed you through. Boom, picture next. Boom, picture next. Which is why I'm saying you, if you're if you're lucky, you can milk an extra couple seconds um, out of it. So the few times I've taken my kids with me, I've had to been like, look, no pressure or anything like that. We paid a lot of money for this picture. <laughs> Yeah. So none of this, not looking at the camera, half smile, like you better not mess this up. And luckily my kids have uh, hit it on the money usually. And so we, we, I mean, what's cool is we've met, we've gotten to meet a whole bunch of people that were our heroes growing up, right? So, you know, Mark Hamill, we, we met Carrie Fisher right before she passed away. I mentioned the X-Files one. Oh, Stan Lee, I did once by myself. And then years later did it with my kids. Oh, and that's cool. you know, one of the coolest ones besides the Karate Kid when I'm looking at my wall, because that's where they're all hanging is I took a picture with Patrick Stewart and William Shatner together. <laughs> it was just the three of us. And that was kind of <laughs> cool too. So funny. You know, I had my own like John Wick Keanu moment um, in 2010. My little sister was working at Notre Dame. And right before I was about to hop on the bus, you know, there's like one bus per day that gets you from Notre Dame back to Chicago. About to hop on the bus, we time it out. We're like, all right, we can go to a screening of the way, right? Depending on how long the movie is. Uh, we might be able to watch the movie and do some of the Q&A. We might have to just watch the movie and hit it. Um, and so we're going. And like, I know somewhere someone from the movie is there. Maybe Martin Sheen. Hopefully Martin Sheen. Like, huge West Wing fan. All three right, of my right. kids are named after West Wing characters. Oh, no right? way. Like the, the bar is high for this, right? right. Um, 
but at the very least, just like to see the movie, and I think it might have even been free, right? And then hop on the bus. So like we're timing it. Movie's going. Movie's still going. Movie's still going. It's like the bus is leaving in ten minutes, and the movie's still going. Finally, fades to black with the credits, and and I try to watch all the credits, right? I, I don't want to leave immediately. At least you know get the main people, and then when it scrolls to the teeny tiny font, then leave. So we get there, fades to black. It's like, I got to go. Like, this bus is leaving in five minutes, which I know is rude, especially since someone is there for a Q&A. So not only do we go out the back, but I know the bus is to the east, and there's an emergency exit to the east. So I go straight out that door, open it, and literally run in to Martin Sheen. Like, oh, crash no into him. Way. And And I was just like, hi, I really <laughs> like your movie. Sorry to go. My bus is leaving in five minutes. Like, have a good time in the Q and A. But I, I gotta go. And it, it, and he's like, no worries. Like, you got to catch the bus. Like, he knows he's been to Notre Dame enough. He's like, go to the bus. And he might have even known. Like in my memory, I want to be like, you know, it's two fifty seven. The bus is leaving now. Like, right. So we went. Um, and you know, and, and past Bill wishes that you know he had he had like some West Wing reference. Like, bump into him and go, excuse me, Mr. President. Or something. Although that might have been annoying for right. Him. You always think you're um, going to be so cool in those moments, right? And it, it, so it, it never yeah. is the case. And yeah. it, I actually think it's kind of cool that these celebrities are gracious enough to deal with people like us who, yeah. who are just making who make it way more awkward than it has to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I did a pretty good job with it. Aside from like actually crashing into him, my little sister, who's you know four years younger than me, was just like <gasps> <laughs> just staring at him, you know, like inches away from him. Um, yeah, she she was not nearly as cool as I was, and yet, you know, there it goes. Thoughts on Karate Kid as a movie about school, as a movie about, like, mentorship, apprenticeship? I'm assuming you love it. Oh, so Karate Kid, one of my all-time favorites. And in fact, you know, we um, on partial credit, we do a segment that is not dissimilar to what you do on the podcast, but we, we, tr- we try to tie everything into education and pop culture. But we do segments like if you were going to draft a school – using characters from 80s movies, what would that be? You pick an admin, two <laughs> teachers, and then a flex of your choice. And so we recently had this debate on our podcast because I'm trying to think. I think Mr. Miyagi was drafted as a as an admin and not a teacher. And that led oh, to some debate yeah. over, sure. well, what makes us think he would actually run a school well versus, you know, as a teacher, which where he was obviously successful, which led us to that whole yeah. conversation of not all good teachers make good admins and and back and forth. Karate Kid is interesting in a lot of ways because Daniel, you know, is obviously the new kid in town. I think, you know, a lot of students can relate to that, trying to find their place um, within school. But, you know, there is also that other narrative of, you know, Daniel might have been the bad guy all along. Right, Daniel? Ooh, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me, I started so, to hint at this in yeah, the episode there, there, and Carla was not having it. This was, yeah, this was brought up actually on How I Met Your Mother where Billy Zabka was positioned as a good guy, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Daniel is the is the kid from out of town who all of a sudden comes and tries to take this guy's girlfriend. And, and he does. And is basically <laughs> successfully. Yeah. Right. Thinking back to when I first saw it though, for me, it was always a story about just conquering your fears and, and confronting some of those things that are hard, working hard for the things you really want. Uh, you know, believe in. I know that there were a lot of times during during the course of that first movie where um, it seemed like Daniel could just easily pack it in and give up, and you know he persevered. I think there was some questionable judgments in the in the final tournament. Like I still, no one has been able to. I've asked many experts 
who could still not explain to me why it was okay for him to kick to the face and that counted as a point. But in previously, when other people were hit in the face, that was like a penalty point. But like he kicks him in the face to win the tournament. Oh, yeah. Like, why was that okay? Well, because it was the crane kick and it was awesome. <laughs> That's the answer. They right? didn't have like, instant replay back then. They were like, wait, what? We didn't yeah. see that. We didn't see what yeah. happened. No, I mean, top three iconic moments of all time that crane kick has to be up there oh yeah as a moment for sure as a moment yes and so that's the answer plus with the with the music i think what happened is the music started building to the crescendo and everyone yeah yeah. was so overwhelmed with emotion that they were willing to just let it go when 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 it was the kick to the face but but if i was johnny i'd have a beef with that like like wait a second i just got kicked to the face i will say this beginning of karate kid part two Starts off right after Karate Kid One ends in the parking lot, and right, right, and and I feel like we see a different side of Johnny. Right, he's being cool. He's like, you know what, man, he beat me fair and square, and then he gets his butt kicked by um, by Sensei Crease for for trying to uh, you know give the trophy or be nice to Daniel for for winning fair and square. So yeah, you know it's tough. As far as the school goes, we don't get as much of the school stuff in Karate Kid as I think we get in some of these other 80, 80s movies. Sure, sure. We get more of the school environment, but um, it, it, it's one of those things that just makes me not miss being in high school, like having, having to deal with the social politics mm-hmm. of high school. Uh, very tricky stuff there. I think the only time we actually hear adults in the Karate Kid at the high school is when he gets kicked out of tryouts for soccer. That might be the only adult moment, which, which is not a great one. he did not. Yeah even provoke that, but somehow he gets thrown out of the, the tryouts. So right. I, that's one right. for Daniel. I feel like that was unfair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he still, you know, like attacked the guy. He it let it go. You know, the other guy might've gotten kicked out, but he definitely goes for it. I'm the new kid. I'm going to fight and get kicked out for fighting. Yeah. I also feel like there's a time and a place to like make your stand or whatever. And so like going sure. back to like the, the Halloween thing, he dresses the shower, uh, very clever by the way. And then he, pours the water now just logistically here how far did he think he was gonna make it uh before they caught up with him i just don't feel like that was a fully fleshed out plan no that was definitely like his brain has not fully formed as a teenager moment right he's just thinking about the immediate gratification of when he's gonna get johnny all wet you know johnny had his weed and he got the weed wet and obviously there was a you know uh, a cost involved there as well. So obviously Giants gonna be mad about that too. So I, you know, there's not a lot of thinking there. Yeah. Well, in our main episode, you know, I argue that actually this is Daniel being the bad guy in the movie, right? Like that was fairly unprovoked. He's like, Hey, here's this guy I got a problem with. I'm going to get him wet. Like that, that feels like it is not on par with what's been happening. I mean, this is, so they had already shoved him down the hill. Yeah. Right? They'd already knocked him down the hill with the bicycle? No, this is right, but that's why they knock him down the bike, isn't it? Oh, no, that's when they fight with him. No, because this is when they catch up yeah. with him, which, by the way, the school did not seem so close to where he lived that he was going to be able to run all the way no. home, which was another logistical challenge I had with that. But, you know, it's 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 fine, right? I mean... <laughs> That's not why we love these movies. It's just the no. things we look at afterwards and we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Let's perseverate on that for 30 years. Yeah. Last thing for you, last question. We're sure. going to switch gears a little bit here. Um, you've dressed up as a number of characters with a number of friends 
in a number of locations. (laughs) I'd love to hear just a little bit about this because whenever I see one of these photos, um, it just, it makes me smile so much. So I love, um, the benefit of going to these conferences with educators over the over the years, especially ISTE, which which goes from place to place, is finding a location that was in a film set, and then we we go full out and do the costume. So I think the one the the one I think that that has gotten the most buzz was we uh, myself um, at the time it was Jess Laux, but now she's Jess Williams and Sean Williams. We recreated the scene from Ferris Bueller in the art museum where we dressed up as uh, Ferris Sloan and Cameron and kind of had our arms crossed. And just to show you the depths that we went to for this, that is the actual uh, painting, same painting. And if you look in the lower right-hand corner, you'll see the, the, the Daniel Sharp is standing there with his arms crossed looking at the... That was not an accident. In the actual photo, there is someone with their arms crossed looking at the wall as well. Now... To get that photo, this is at the Chicago Museum of Art, we actually had to have about five other educators with us holding people off because it is not a space that you can get a photo naturally. People are walking yeah. back and forth across it. So we had to like literally go into a bathroom, get changed into our outfits. <laughs> we had a couple of people. Um, what do you call it when, when, you're, when you're staging something? Um, when when they're blocking oh blocking we had them we had three people blocking and standing someone was kind of ready with the camera looking at the actual picture had it set up where, where it should be we had a couple of people standing where they should have been and we literally just jumped in for those people folded our arms and got the picture uh there when ac was in philly we recreated a scene from trading places where um jamie lee curtis dan Aykroyd, and eddie murphy were standing outside um uh one of the houses. So we actually found the address of the house. Um, they're staying, they're leaning on a cab. So we actually called a cab, had a cab pull up in front of the house. <laughs> I remember when you did that this. picture yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think there's a couple of other ones too. We had a good one planned for Anaheim too, but then that, that never panned out. So yeah, it's just like happen. a nice little fun thing to do. Uh, you know, and, um, I know there are people on Instagram and on social media who love to travel places and recreate photos at different, places from the movies and i love mm-hmm. seeing what those places look like now versus what they look like then yeah so it's just our fun little way of kind of you know taking advantage of those opportunities to all be together for educational purposes but have a little fun with the pop culture piece as well yeah, that's so great carla actually got to go to the school where they filmed rushmore and we did that episode oh. it was our first one she did rushmore she worked with that entire leadership team and so the head of school at that school was like here's this spot here and got like you know, oh, that's my favorite Wes Anderson nine. movie. That's so that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the quad is so very incredible. distinctive looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah, very different cool. pieces of art that was featured that was actually part of the school and wasn't like a set piece. It was yeah. One one of my biggest disappointments that I just wasn't in time to get. I was a year too late. Was the school where Breakfast Club was filmed? The football mm. field is no longer there. But just to walk across and get the 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 fist pump, that would have been. That, that was on the bucket list. Never happened, but... Um. Yeah. That would have been fantastic. I think the closest I've come, um, I need to start doing this because I, I love when other people do it. I did the Rocky Steps. Oh, but it was I just a two-person job, yeah. right? You know, like... You need to get someone behind cam, you to get the... Phone. And people don't realize the statue is not up at the top of the stairs. The statue no, is at the bottom, bottom of the stairs, but you need to... First of all, you need to run up just because you need to run up. You have to do Yeah, it. of course. But then once you get to the top, then you have to have someone taking a picture of yeah. you with the arms and up. And do it, you know, do a 180 around you <laughs> while you do the fist. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, we rehearsed it. We didn't run the steps a bunch because I knew I only had like one good take, one take in me. Yeah. You know, just like when they filmed it, they only had one take because the the battery they used for it. Do you know this story? No. So it was one of the first examples of Steadicam. Um, it was a completely independent film. And the only way they could actually get up the stairs and power the camera was to buy a car battery. So everybody chipped in. It was like the last $40 they had for the entire movie. And so one person was holding the battery. One person had the camera. One person was actually clipping the battery on because to, to actually go from a car battery to one of those older cameras in the, the mid seventies, like you couldn't just, you know, solder your own version of it or like, you know, go to Radio Shack. So someone was holding it, kind of getting shocked the whole time, getting the positive and the negative. And so all three of those people, battery, battery holder and cameraman had to run up with Rocky on the steps. Oh, and then no in way. unison, the three of them had to actually like, pan out around and behind them and they knew they could they only could afford one take and the battery only lasted one take and they got it in wow. one take right and Amazing. so i kind of was like i'm just mostly out of shape so i think i can only do one take but also in the spirit <laughs> of rocky i'm committed to doing this in one take and i did and it was it was a moment oh that's great i didn't yeah. dress up right like i didn't i didn't do the whole nine like you did but I, I didn't dress up when I did the Rocky steps. You know, I feel like there's two things. One, there's getting to go to some of these places where these, you know, amazing films that resonate with you, you know, were 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 filmed. And then, you know, I also like just wearing costumes and stuff. I'm actually, I'm sure this will air by the time I do it. So I'm in a doctoral program right now, and I'm doing a presentation on a case study of Pixar. And my whole thing is like the slide deck is Toy Story themed. I have the music going, the Pixar introduction. I'm dressing up as Mr. Potato Head. I have the Andy's Room Zoom background. So you just, I love having fun with it. You know, education, I think we all get into it. We think we're going to have the best time ever. I think what we're realizing lately is it is not the best time ever right now. So anything we yeah, can do- Yeah, that was really hard right now. To put a smile on anyone's face, even if it's our own, is worth the extra time and effort and just kind of having fun with it. Because I feel like it connects us back to when we first got into education and we were- you know, uh, I don't see things were different, but things were different, but it was things easier to have a little different. bit more fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels yeah. like an entirely different yeah. career than it was back when I first started like 20 years ago. I think that's a fair sentence. I will give that to you. 30 points for that answer. Thank you. Well, Jesse, it has been a pleasure. Thanks it for hopping on the show. Great coming on. Thanks. 